This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin, and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three. Hello and welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me. Thank you very much for listening. I know you thought we might be taking a bit of a summer break after last week's tremendous bayos, but Danny and I thought the club were in with a chance of some silverware. So we had the bright idea, didn't we, Danny, that we'd go and get some people involved in that potential silverware winning side on the podcast. All you're doing, I think, Danny, it's fair to say. And uh, of course, we completely ruined it, didn't we? Can you blame us? I can blame (laughs) you. I can blame you. Just blaming me. Just throw it all on me. I just got too excited about it. (laughs) I just see silverware and I just like go tunnel vision. It's a bit like that time you met Sab Hoskins, isn't it, Danny? It is. Is it? I don't know. (laughs) Um, So yeah, today we've got um, some lovely guests here from NTFC Women. Uh, We've got our very own Abby Bruin. I'm going to say that now because you've been on loads of times, so you might as well be part of the furniture, Abby. How are you, mate? You okay? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, really good. Good, good stuff. And we've also got um, one of uh, the managers of the NTFC Women's First Team. It's uh, Lou Barry. How are you, Lou? You okay, mate? Yes, good, good. I'm sure we'll touch on everything a bit later, but yeah, good on the whole. 
Yeah. Um, so just so you know, it is Sunday night when we're recording this. So the guys have had a, well, I was going to say a really long journey. Abby has already said that it felt like it was four hours long when reality is more like half of that. But there was a semi-final. We will get to that in a bit. You've probably gathered from the intro that it's all our fault and that it probably didn't go the way that it was wanted. But to start off, Lou, I know that when you first became manager with Josh, Josh Oldfield, that was at the start of the 2019-20 season or the season that didn't really ever happen for you. And you were promoted through. So you've actually been with the NTFC Women's Setup for a number of years now. How did you actually come into the system in the, or into the setup in the first place? Well, I was working uh, within the Community Trust, which is obviously where they run the, the women's side and got involved with the younger age groups and within their development centre. So kind of also how I met Josh within there as well. So we were coaching there a couple of years. In terms of the whole time we were there, we were very much nagging that we should be given an opportunity to to get the manager's role and when it eventually came up thankfully we got asked was it a particular choice for women's football for you or was it just the way it kind of fell it just happened we just fell into it almost but very thankful and lucky that we have fallen into it and something that I now say that I would never change in terms of the women's game it's a fantastic environment to be involved in the players that we work with and every player I've worked with before they're just so they're happy to be there they're, they want to learn they will listen to you they will take in everything you say they are a joy to work with and they make the environment a fantastic one where I've been involved in, in mentorable from playing sort of thing and it's very much everyone does believe they know better than anyone else everyone's got a better opinion than everyone else and it's also a bit of a, a game that is growing as you'll know it's growing in a massive way at the moment so to be involved in it you know at the moment we're at the start of that but hopefully, you know, when we're in it for a number of years, we'll come around and be involved in it when it's when it's booming. Um, and then to say we've been there from, you know, when it wasn't, will be uh, fantastic. It's a really good place in terms of Northampton. Having a, a team that is on the up, you know, a few years ago, winning the league, got promoted. I think, was it your first season in charge was going to be the first season in that higher division? Yeah. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know it hasn't worked out because of, well, the world being crazy. But really, looking at it, the team could and perhaps should be even another league on already by now had the season actually played out. There was definitely a chance of that happening. So it's a really good time to be getting involved in supporting the women's team at Northampton, especially because winning breeds fans I always think and that's the same whether it's men's team women's team whatever it will be so it it would be a really good thing obviously hopefully we're hoping that next season it will start and finish (laughs) and not just start and disappear into the ether Um, you play your home games at Harpole is that still going to be the case for next season do you know yeah, no, that will be the same. That's They've got some really good plans for development there in terms of creating a couple of new pitches and 4G. So hopefully that's going to be um, not only a home, but a bit of a base for us moving forward as well. Brilliant. And uh, and obviously, hopefully as well, there might be a couple of games at Sixfields. Um, had yep. one or two before already. Knotts uh, County, I think, was one of them. Yeah, so that was before we took over. We Our second game in charge was at Sixfields. Um, and unfortunately, because of how it's been, um, we've kind of missed out on that, unfortunately, this year and last year, to be honest. So, yeah, hopefully more moving forward. That's definitely something we really, really do want. 
in regards to what's obviously happened over the last, well, year and a half with the pandemic, I imagine stepping into a first team management position, it's always difficult. But then to have to then deal with a pandemic that stops the, you know, from you being able to actually do your job, that must make it even harder. But in a way, do you think that it's had a positive effect in terms of, has it kind of brought the whole squad together a little bit more for you? Yeah, it has. Look, it was difficult because when we took over, as you said, it was difficult. We didn't start very well and we were genuinely turning a corner and, and kind of starting to motor a little bit, which is just when the first lockdown happened. So, I mean, lockdowns and pandemics can never come at a good time, but it, it, in terms of the team, it come at a very bad time. Um, but yeah, it has. We've had to adjust and like most people with their lives, come up with different ways to do what we want but not only do what we want to make sure that we keep ourselves mentally and physically prepared and focused. Now that's very difficult for professional football teams in a pandemic, but for us it was extremely difficult, especially motivation wise. A lot of the time, you know, doing stuff virtually and running and stuff like that, you know, we're all competitive people. And when you're outside running by yourself, it's, it's, it's not what you want to be doing. You almost forget why you're here, you know, what the main aim was. So it has brought us together. And I said, we haven't, this cup competition is the only thing that's counted in the last two years. So we haven't had the opportunity to have any big wins really apart from this. So it has been little things like, you know, how we've brought the squad in, in terms of the quality, you know, how more professional we've made the, the outlook, the, the outreach on Twitter and stuff like that. We're getting now it's been little things like that. We've had to kind of take as our wins and take as our, you know, successes now, we want to do that anyway, but we want to obviously add that onto the pitch. But it has brought everyone together because having that, that group together for each other has been fantastic. And, we've, and that's including the players that have pulled us all through. Yeah, it feels like from all your social media stuff, it, it's, it does seem like it's grown and through the ages as well. It seems like there's a massive like camaraderie and bond between the different age groups, from what I can tell. Um, is, that, is that been a thing that you have purposely done or has it just naturally happened for you guys? Yeah, look, it's one of our biggest passions that we have coached in the younger age groups and still do at the moment, mm. myself and Josh. And we coach these players to play in the first team. Now, it'd be wrong of us if when we got there to not play them or not give them an opportunity and stuff like that. So mm. it's another thing that's been fantastic this year, the amount of 16, 17-year-olds who come through the system have managed to debut too. And it is that we want, we want to from the outside to look like a club you want to play for. It's one of our goals that we want to be. Um, and that will be from the bottom to the top. We want to be a good thing. You know, it's not, it's okay winning on the pitch, but it's, you know, we want to win as a club. Um, and that's a massive thing for us, you know, especially being attached to the badge and the football club. You know, we've got a, a duty to, you know, increase the, the feeling towards the club as a whole. And if we can do that, you know, that's, that's something we'll, we want to. Abby, obviously we know your story or, or at least our, our Patreon listeners will definitely know your story as to how you came to the football club, essentially moving to Northamptonshire, playing at Moulton and then being asked to come and train and play for the Cobblers. How are you at the moment? Because you, you've been injured, haven't you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I got injured uh, three weeks ago in the game against Posh. So um, obviously so happy we got the win, but yeah. It's been a tough one. I'm still trying to get to the bottom of it, but kind of aiming obviously now for um, being fit and ready for next season. So just just to confirm, did you get injured because you were trying to break one of them in half or something? <laughs> was that was that what it was? Did you go in hard, try and it, take one of them out? 
no comment. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> good answer. I like that. Watching <laughs> um, Line of Duty recently, have you? <laughs> we will go through and, and, and talk a little bit about this season because obviously it started off played three games in the league, and then everything gets stopped. Um, Abby, we've we've heard your views on 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 that happening and and how the league setup has therefore worked because of that, but. Trevor Clifton Trophy, which was created essentially to give you guys competitive fixtures. In terms of just having that there, how's that been for you as a as a player, Abby? Is it is it giving you something to sort of grasp hold on and, and sort of enjoy football again? Yeah, exactly that. Really, everyone was obviously very frustrated um, with what happened with kind of our league coming um, to an early close, which kind of we did um, expect at the time but yeah like you say we'd kind of kept um, fit throughout the kind of multiple lockdowns and throughout the whole pandemic we kind of had a really good um, pre-season started the league was flying and then obviously kind of more lockdowns and things like that so yeah it was just good to kind of have something competitive like we said kind of the last two years we've not been able to finish kind of the season so to be able to kind of have something to really push for and yeah obviously want to win and kind of drive forward then yeah it's been kind of had it's it's obviously not the same as kind of a league and having a proper season but it was kind of obviously the next best thing so it's one of those isn't it because you just sort of look at it and you just go finally football competitive and it's just it it must be just such a, a a sort of a welcome relief Lou, that you were able to actually go and take the girls out and, and and let them loose, so to speak, against another team. Yeah, yeah. Look, we've played we played twenty two games this season, believe it or not. Three of them are in the league, and we get so used to playing friendly at the moment. You know, in between lockdowns and before lockdowns, that it's hard to really with nothing on the end of it. It's hard to again regain that focus and, and make sure everyone knows where we're aiming towards. So yeah. It was good to be able to, this is the longest, we played, what, six six games in this competition, six weeks in a row. That's the most games we've ever had in a row since we've taken over without a cancelled game. So it's been nice to actually been able to play, analyse, work on it, go into the next game and do the same without having to have a massive long break. So that's been valuable. And it's, again, I guess, giving you a little taste of what football used to be like, I guess, before this, you know, that you can play every week, you can be you know, meaningful every single week and you can play for stuff and the, the wins feel a lot better, the defeats feel a lot worse, but that's obviously why we do it. Um, yeah, it's been it's been valuable. It's been really valuable. And again, look, we understand that it's a bit of a throw, throwing together competition at the end of the season. It's not ideal, but, you know, we are competitors and something you can compete for is exactly what we want. Yeah, that Trevor Clifton Trophy started off. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, you've gone through, I've got your fixtures or your results rather here in front of me. And I mean, the score lines on every single one of these, I mean, if this was the men, everybody would be going absolutely ballistic in a positive way and going mad about it. I mean, your first game back and, and bear in mind, did you play any friendlies before it or was it literally just straight into it? Two friendlies before it. So you're going in without a proper, like, full-on, you know, pre-season. Oh, we were chucked into it, yeah. And you win 9-1 away from home against Obi and Wigston, who aren't a, a bad side in themselves. Mm. You've then beaten Thrapston away 3-1. Bit of a tasty local derby, would we call that, really? 
Yeah, they um, they certainly made it one. <laughs> that's that's good. I like that. That's brilliant. Yeah. And then, oh, well, well, we'll we'll come back to this one. But you did do what the men can't do for about four hundred years, which is beat posh, which is you know the biggest positive I can see in this whole thing. Five uh, one against Colville Town. Ravenette ladies, 5-0 against Beaumont Park ladies as well. I mean, it's just, I look at that and I just go, why is it that you can just go straight into this? Is, is it that competitiveness you're talking about, Lou? Is that all it is? Is it just a simple case of you just say, go out there, just score and, and just just keep going? And the girls are that good that they just do exactly what you want. I wish it was that easy. I really do. <laughs> it's not. No, look, it's the, the excitement and enjoyment of being back got us a certain amount of way in terms of everyone just loving being back. Um, and again, look, we haven't stopped once during this last two years. We've done all we can in terms of learning. Uh, and there's been an awful lot of learning, not on the pitch or on the grass, but virtually and doing as much learning as we can. So we, they're taking that learning into it. We've, we've strengthened as a group as we've gone through and um, they reflect very well when we can move on to the next game very well. And um, yeah, look, I think the players deserve immense credit for, for, for the performances they've put in. You know, look, we've won some of those games and come off at the end of it and not been too happy by the performance, which says a lot about the group um, and wanting to go further. We've played better before and, and lost like today, for instance. So um, yeah, look, we... We've had some fantastic results, um, but you know, ultimately, when you when you when you lose in the semi-final, they don't they don't you know they don't feel as good. But um, no, they've been fantastic. You know, to again for, to be literally thrown in it um, and just get on it. No moans, no worries, just cracked on. Um, they they deserve a lot of credit. In terms of um, like preparation for these games as well, I'm assuming you're not going out and being able to have access to. The matches either is it like literally you're just going in and saying go and play your own game or like is it just based on knowledge of the past or so how do you go about preparing for something where you've kind of not been able to to go and see the other the opposition players either yeah that's a good question because look, we've had two years now in this division and we still haven't played some of the teams yeah. so we've got no idea for instance Rotherham are towards the top of the table but we've got absolutely no idea what they're like it's difficult because again you don't really know what you're going to come up against we've played teams before thought they're going to be really really good and competitive and been disappointed but also had the other end of the spectrum so it is difficult because you set up in a way that you want to play that you think suits your players and your team the best but you've got no idea what the other team are going to do and that is a difficult thing because we often find ourselves having to adapt 10 or 15 minutes into the game and that's not ideal because that adds uncertainty to the team but that's where we are at the moment and so that's because we haven't played all these teams it's you know it's adapting as we go so let's let's go on to this semi-final then that you've that you've played today let's get it out of your system Abby obviously you've gone up there to watch 1-0 defeat what was your initial kind of feeling about that obviously you'll be gutted but was it a game that maybe you feel that we should have won or was it the right result? How was it you were feeling come the end? Yeah, I think it was the right result. Unfortunately, it was one of those where it just wasn't our day. Um, and sometimes that's just, it just happens. And it's just unfortunate that it is in a, in a cup where that kind of, you have a bad day um, or it's kind of not your day. And then kind of, yeah, a, a bad result, um, not what we wanted. And then that's it. You're out. 
Um, so yeah, obviously gutted um, and frustrated. And obviously for the players, it's I've not played for three weeks. So I haven't felt probably as close to it. It's, it's a bit of a strange one. Um, not kind of used to this kind of injury malarkey, um, but obviously kind of being there um, with the girls and obviously, um, yeah, obviously wanting to be there and um, obviously wanting to get through to that final. Um, but yeah, as I say, it just wasn't our day. It just didn't click. And it wasn't just kind of one thing. There was kind of a number of different things. So that's all, yeah, frustrating, but is what it is. We knew they'd be physical and they were very, uh, they were very direct. Uh, and we knew that quite how direct they were. We didn't really know, but they were very direct and that was very difficult to deal with and a huge effectively rugby pitch that we were playing on swirling wind they they played their game plan very well and they were very effective and it was a game of probably about three chances to be honest with you in the whole game and they took their one very well we didn't create enough Abby's right in saying we probably didn't do enough over the 90 to win the game the circumstances within it that have not helped us but yeah we didn't do enough and as I said that's that's cup football if you don't do enough they're there for a bit of a you know, a scalp as such today when a team from the division above. Now, look, Chesterfield should be in our division. They should be towards the top of it and they would be if it wasn't for COVID sort of thing. So it's kind of like a bit of a strange one, but they affected their game plan very well and we just weren't at our level that we knew we could be today, which is going to happen. You hope it doesn't happen in a semi-final, but yeah, it wasn't our day today at all. We've created a style of play that for, doesn't make it any better. But, you know, for instance, even after today, you know, the style that you play gets complimented by the other team. Now, that's easy to do when you've just beaten them, of course. But we have a, a vision of how we want to play. And we have a vision that if we play that as good as we can, then we're good enough to beat anyone. And we have proved that to an extent. You know, look, I've got no problems with any manager playing any brand of football they want. It's, it's down to them. And if it works, it works. You know, but for me, I want to play and coach and manage a team that is a is a brand of football that I like to play. And look, that's obviously got to come with results as well, as you as you know. And um, but we believe we can we can find the mix today. Our brand that we wanted to play, our style didn't work, and we didn't adapt very well today. Now that's from everyone, from the players to to myself and Josh, didn't adapt to that well enough. I think that's really interesting, isn't it? Because obviously the 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 men's side of it and and the way that I suppose they're they're going through a transition stage at the moment with this new setup that they're talking about implementing. But one of the things that's been talked about probably all season, maybe a little bit longer as well, Danny. What with the way Keith Curl played last season, um, has been that style of football. Um, it's interesting to sort of see it obviously working on the women's side of the football club. Because if you're implementing that style of play that you want to do, it's in, it's entertaining. It's a football, using your words, that you want to play and that you would enjoy watching. Um, and it can work, which is the interesting side of it. Because a lot of the time what you get is arguments will say, and, and you did say it yourself, Lou, it's got to come with results. It can't just be a case of let's go and be pretty and attractive football and lose 3-0 every week. That's not good enough but to go and implement it in a way that does work and is successful you you're proving that it can work and it shouldn't really matter whether it's the women's team the men's team the youth team they say it, it implement a style or a, a way of playing and, and it can work 
Yeah, you can. Yeah, look, I, I'm not, I'll be, if I, I'll admit, I'm not an Northampton fan, but I've watched quite a few managers now since I've been working in and around the club. And, you know, Keith Cole's football as such was always a, an interesting one. I've met him a couple of times and I thought he was fantastic as a person and as a, as a manager. And when that works, you don't care. When he got promoted from, from, again, not being a fan, you kind of go, well, you're working. But you need the players to do that. And I think at the moment, what the problem is potentially is, you know, you need to make sure you've got the players to, to play that. And we've got the players to play our brand of football that we want to, and that's good. But if I was, and me and Josh was to leave and the next manager comes in and he wants to play a different brand, he might not have the players for that. So it's it's, it's given that manager time to, to bring in and do what they need to do to make sure they've got the best tools at their resources. And any brand of football is good when you're winning. <laughs> but when you're losing... Again, I guess you'd rather lose trying to do what you'd think is the right thing. So, and sticking to your principles. Um, but again, most important thing is just being able to adapt as best as you can. Is that something that's going through the age groups as well in terms of you heading it up? Or like, what age do you start thinking about things like tactics and bringing specific players through to fit the way you play? Or, or is it just a different age groups got their different way of playing and then they come into the team and they try to adjust to it? Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one, do you know, because we don't hire the coaches in the younger age groups. So I can't tell them how to play. Now, we wouldn't want to, you're your own coach. And the most important thing is developing the players, uh, making sure the players are there and ready. Uh, not to give away all of our tactics on this podcast, but we, <laughs> yeah, we, we play a wing-back system um, and have the debate with all the time. Players aren't brought up to be wing-backs. You don't ever speak to a player and you go, where do you play? And they're like, I'm a wing-back. They don't do it. <laughs> the players come to us, they go, I'm a, I'm a right-back or I'm a right-winger and we have to go to, you're not anymore, you're a right-wing-back. So, for instance, and stuff like that, it is difficult. We For our development team, we, we very much try and make them play the same way because that's the closest thing to us. That's their stepping stone. Um, so it's difficult, but look, we might have a couple of bad run of games and then decide to change the formation. So we can't implement that too much. But I think what we will implement is look, trying to be playing football how we think football should be played. And I think across, again, I keep saying that phrase, it's such a cliche, isn't it? But um, <laughs> it's making sure players are comfortable in possession, effectively. And um, I think that's being done throughout the whole club at the moment. Without getting yourself in trouble, Abby, do you enjoy it? <laughs> I enjoy playing. I don't enjoy being injured. So yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and yeah, oh, well, I've recently been kind of playing this new wing back role, which is, yeah, very new to me. It's not one I played ever growing up, um, played on the wing, but yeah, never a wing back. So yeah, enjoying the new challenge. Well, was enjoying the new challenge and just excited to kind of get back playing when I can. Well, hopefully that's quite soon and not just sat there for too long, longing to be playing. When we talk about new players coming to the club, Lou, obviously you said that you want to be bringing through players from the, the age groups and bringing them into the development side first and then from there into the first team. Um, how does it work for you? Because you, you said there really interestingly about the fact that you need to have the right players to play the way that you want to play. So... For instance, when, when Abby came from Moulton, um, when a player 
you know, you identify, you obviously identify a player through either yourself seeing them play or, or another member of the coaching side sees them play. How do you then go and approach it? Is it a case of almost like we're Northampton Town, so a club like Moulton who are not in the same league and, and things? Is it is it just a simple case of turning around and saying, we're Northampton Town, you want to come and play for us, don't you? Come ahead and <laughs> come along and play here rather than where you are. Or is it more akin to what we'd maybe be used to watching the Cobblers play and, and the way that they go about with transfers and things? It's a mix. It, recruiting is extremely difficult. It's extremely difficult in Northamptonshire because there's not a great deal of, without saying too disrespectful, a great deal of quality in the other teams around. Um, where, for instance, you know, we go and play one of the Nottingham clubs. They've got four, five, six big clubs in that town and they will almost pass players around effectively. You know, you can, you can tell where the players are. So, you know, that's difficult. If there is any local clubs to us, it might be a couple of divisions above us. So it's not like we can go and take players from there. So recruiting has been extremely difficult. Um, Abby was a stroke of luck, effectively. Um, scored a very good goal that was posted on Facebook and caught our attention. So it is extremely stuff like that, effectively, where we've, we've found players. It's players can often get in touch and ask for a trial. And that's why the exposure and what we do on social media and how we make the club look is so important because we want to be that club where people look at and they go, I wouldn't mind playing for them. Now, that's massively happened. We were approaching players when we first took over who played local level and were like, mm, I don't really fancy it. So now we're inundated with people who are messaging us, asking to come down. And that's just how we look and what we do and how the players hold themselves and communicate themselves. And it's a fantastic bunch to be involved in. So... It's difficult. It's a little bit of we try and watch football and get out and watch football when we can, but it's difficult because we're playing on the same day. We speak to other people about players. I've got a couple of good contacts from higher divisions who will let us know around players. It's keeping an eye on it. It's then when you do identify someone, it's it's not as easy as kind of going, We are Northampton, but it really does help in terms of having that attachment to the club because you're wearing the badge, you say you can play for Northampton, you'll get some games at six fields. It all sounds a little bit more professional. So we're not stupid enough to think that it doesn't help. It really does help. But players won't just join because of that. You know, they need to see the bigger picture. And every player that comes in innocently says, I see where you're going. I see where you want to take it. And I can see why I want to be part of this. So it's difficult. The club do help in the sense of the name, the badge. Um, but the environment's got to be right for them to really want to come and, and and get in. And like any football manager will say, you know, we're not just bringing in players. They've got to be the right personality as well. They've got to be the right person for the group. So that that will take an effect as well. So when, when it comes to sort of doing, um, you, you know, you, you're essentially right here, right now, you, you can use this as an advert for not just coming to watch it as a fan, but also girls that might be growing up or girls are already there playing football at a level that uh, an age group, rather, I should say, that is similar to where you're playing. Um, how much the social media side of it is obviously a really, really big thing and is working really, really well for you. I mean, what would be the advice to anybody that was listening and went, Do you know what, actually, I'd really love to know how you get involved. What would be their best way of of getting in touch and and actually maybe maybe not getting in touch, but getting them to sort of appear on your radar, so to speak? 
Yeah, it's just, look, we said how the club has its advantages. It's also got its disadvantages because people kind of won't believe they're good enough to play, but like, oh, they'll be they'll be fantastic. You know, they're a big club. I'm not good enough. I won't approach them. So it has its downsides as well. But yeah, it, look, it's just to get in, co- in contact. Look, you've got to be brave enough to get in contact, number one. But after you've got in contact, then go... Can I come down for 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 a trial? Come down for a trial training session. Look, and if you're not good enough, look, it's an experience that you've got at the end of it, and an experience that maybe you could be helped to be passed on elsewhere to different clubs, get some advice. Um, so just if that's what you want to do, push yourself as far as possible. You've got to push yourself out of your comfort zone. Um, now, quite historically in women's football, women struggle to push themselves out of their comfort zone. Also, just believe in themselves that they're good enough, maybe for a different challenge. So. Yeah, just push yourself out of the comfort zone, get in contact with us on, on Twitter and, and 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 just, you never know, effectively. So, you know, give it a go. And um, even if it's not with us, even if it's another club, you know, just, just try. Just, you know, push yourself as far as you can. And that's something you'd probably echo, Abby, having sort of done it in a way. Um, obviously played football at uni and then... Um, ridiculously moved in with Jake and uh, came to Northampton um, and, and Moulton first of all um, wasn't something that was necessarily in your plans to be playing for Northampton Town was it? No not at all actually um, so yeah I was kind of very happy at Moulton was kind of just getting back playing more regularly um, and then yeah so it was just enjoying that and yeah I wanted to make more friends really than more than anything I moved to a new area so that was kind of initially my main kind of aim, obviously to get back playing um, football, which I love. Uh, so yeah, to then get kind of a message um, from Lou and the club, I was quite quite surprised. Um, again, I didn't really know much about the club, not being from the area, but even like you say, that profile, uh, even the likes of Jake was like, oh, that's brilliant, you've got to go, like go and do it. Um, so yeah, no, and then we kind of went and trained um, and the rest is history. I've kind of been there, what, coming up for two years? Um, yet to finish the season, but we'll get there. Next season's the one, third time lucky. Um, yeah, absolutely love it. Um, as I say, kind of wanted, the most important thing for me initially was kind of making friends and kind of meeting people, um, which I, I got with Northampton as well. Um, they kind of welcomed me in um, straight away and were brilliant. Um, and then kind of the football what we speak like we've kind of we've talked about tonight kind of speaks for itself the club is brilliant um the whole setup is fantastic um and I've kind of yeah really developed as a player and kind of feel a part of it um so yeah no absolutely love it um and yeah wouldn't look back so that's really great to hear that it's such a a positive way of looking at it and it had such a positive effect on on you I think is brilliant um so looking forward then Lou, obviously there's a bit of a summer break now, um, looking for the league to start again, hopefully on time this year. Um, what what are your plans? How does the summer work out for you now? Is it a case of a bit like how the, the men's work in terms of it's almost like a holiday period for the players now for a certain amount of weeks, come back for pre-season and go again to steal a phrase? Yeah, you know what? It's a really difficult one because we've only been back for eight weeks and no one's ready for a break. You know what I mean? We're not mentally or physically tired. We're just almost getting towards our peak at the moment. And now we're stopping. So 
it's a very very difficult time to to stop i don't we won't stop we have we never stop um we'll continue we'll we'll have a break from games i think we're going to try and get a game next sunday just to finish off um and then that will probably be the end until we start pre-season again but in terms of training we'll continue to train i think potentially less intensity and less maybe days but we'll continue to train um we'll continue to learn we'll continue to try and reflect on, on what we've done and, and push forward and build and you know we're very much we want to be make sure at the end of next season we've got no regrets looking back you know um, we've done absolutely everything we can to get the best position that we can so that at the moment isn't a break I don't know if Abby might think differently actually we might want a break but um yeah we're not ready for a break we're just getting back to football and after so long without it we've through not our choice um we're not ready for no football through choice at the moment yeah it's going to be a, a tough one I imagine to to now just stop after that yeah. um obviously managers of football clubs always get asked the same question I, I know we're not quite at the start of next season now but what is the plan or the ambition for next season is it okay, every manager will always say that they want to get a promotion I, I appreciate that and I know that but is that the realistic aim for yourselves for next season looking forward yeah look we we have our on the pitch aim which is get promoted and it's very easy to say at this stage but if the league would have continued I would have no doubt that we'd have got it this season no doubt now obviously that doesn't get you promoted and that doesn't mean anything because next year the league is going to get stronger. The likes of Chesterfield probably will be in that league and it's going to get a lot harder and a lot stronger. So the confidence of maybe doing it will be less, but I've got no doubt that that's what we can do. And We have to have an on-the-pitch aim. We have to have the aim of getting promoted. The club deserves to be playing at a higher level, but as we keep saying to the players, that just doesn't get given to you just because you feel like you deserve it or you should be. But that's our aim and we'll do absolutely everything we can to make sure we can get promoted but we aren't stupid enough then to know that that is it if you don't do it then we've been awful we're still there and trying to build a fan base um, it's, it's a big big thing for us of trying to get more interest in the team even if it's just knowing we're there and following the results on Twitter or coming down to watch inspiring younger people and younger girls it's, it's huge for us we want to make sure and I'm sure the players are the same that if we ever leave and when we leave a club's in a better place and it's sustainable and it's competitive and the next person that comes in thinks it's a huge role um, and that's what we want. So it's a weird one because whereas men's football is probably more results-based, we are very much results in our head, but we're trying to build something here as well um, and we're trying to do that alongside results. And at the moment, we think we can do both and it is promotion next year, but women's football is one up, one down. So that's very difficult. Um, it's not always guaranteed. But yeah, we're trying to build something here and as much as we can. And it's the same thing we say to the players all the time. I mean, when you look back on football, you'll enjoy the promotions and winning, but you'll you'll, um, you'll look back more fondly on the memories and the people you met and what you created. And that's what we're all about, really. That seems pretty um, harsh, the one-up, one-down system. I, I thought that when you <laughs> when I was looking at the tables before, in terms yeah. of like how... Like, how are you supposed to have that kind of level of ambition and stuff when there's only one space for it? And there can be a team that runs away with the league, but a team that comes two or three points behind them and still doesn't go up. And it, it, it must really, like, stunt development of clubs and potentially players as well. I, I yeah, it does, it does look as 
take League Two for an example, the seventh best team can get promoted. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> Whereas, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about that, but yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah, but but for instance, there's teams in the division above that can survive by finishing second bottom, yeah. and that's not really doing them any favours and it gives them a chance to rebuild and, and progress when maybe they don't deserve it as such. When teams in this division, look, there's teams below us, Chesterfield are a good example. You know, there's a good chance they might not actually get promoted um, for the application, which is ridiculous. Um, Notts County played a team from our division today and won 11-0 and they're the division below us and it's, you know, Notts County will most likely be with us next season in our division, but yeah, it is difficult because it's very difficult to be the best team in the league. And, you know, we want to progress. And as a club, you have to be absolutely perfect to be given that opportunity. And that's, it's difficult to take sometimes, you know, but there is a bit of a restructure as such going on at the moment with an application bid, but they're still only promoting one from each division and relegating one. So, well, no, sorry, they're not even relegating anyone. They're just promoting one team. So, it's difficult because it becomes a bottleneck and you get these results where teams from the division above are losing to the team below and it's confusing to people watching. It's confusing to other people of struggling to understand and that we won one of our games 10-0 this season. And while that's fantastic, like that shouldn't be happening in a league. Um, and that's not really what we want. Like, we want games like today where you don't know what's going to happen when you turn up. Um, and obviously you don't want to lose, but it's competitive and it was fun and it was really good and from the start everything felt more important and that's what you want that's actually a really good point because I, I think as much as like when we see the results coming in on Twitter and you go wow what a fantastic win you've won 9-0 or you know something like that a 5-1 and, and, and so on it's great but also at the same time, you do sort of just go, well, it looks a little bit easy. And, yeah. you know, yeah, the results like, like so, so for instance, the result against Peterborough, a 3-0 win. Now, obviously, if the men's team went and beat through at Peterborough 3-0, I'd probably be on a bender for about a week. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's one of those that is, it's really, really good. But a 3-0 win is is a big win anyway. Mm-hmm. Um but then to go and, and have those kind of other results, which are, you know, your nine ones, your your five ones, things like that. I mean, it's a really good point about the fact that it's just maybe not quite as competitive as it could be. And 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 then that detracting from not the entertainment, but that thing, because that thing that you said about not really knowing what the results will be when you turn up. I mean, you know, what one of the things that, you always say and, and and pundits say and they throw it around don't they oh anybody can beat anybody on their day and and so like but you actually want that you do. You do. for competitive sport it, it's not fun just to have the, the same team going and, and winning all the time or losing all the time that's not enjoyable in a way i mean i'm sure i'm sure it is it's great to win but if it's just a constant thing for the for an actual a whole league structure to be like that seems a little bit doing the reverse of what it should be doing in a way. Yeah, no, you're right. Look, we we sat there last week after winning 5-0 and you'd think, you know, you'd be on top of the world, but we sat there and went like, we haven't got as much out of that as we wanted to. 
And you actually get into a stage where you're celebrating wins less than you should because, well, we was expected to win that. We should have won that. And you know what? The game was done after 25 minutes. Um, and we, it's, it's altering how we play. For instance, the last couple of weeks, we've had to have so many discussions because we start playing differently because we can, like because the competition isn't as good as we wanted to. We start playing differently. We start doing things we don't normally do. So it is good. In the first couple of times it happened, it was fantastic. And it's, I guess it's a fantastic problem, isn't it? Because you're winning comfortably every week. You're getting a bit bored of it. But it's important to remind yourself that that being a norm is brilliant. And their hard work has got them there and not to forget that. Um, but yeah, we won competitive games. Look, we smashed Posh 3-0. We didn't just beat them, we battered them. But not battered them in the sense that they were nowhere near our level. Battered them in terms of our performance was so much better than their performance. And they're the type of, that meant a lot to the group that win, not just because of who you're beating, but the performance meant a lot. Whereas we can turn up and be 6 out of 10 and win sometimes. And that isn't right. You know, that's fine. And you don't mind it in a league system because it's getting your points on the table. But, you know, you want a mix. You do want some games like that. Being quite frankly honest, you know, it's good. Um, but hopefully next season, it won't be like that. And every game will be competitive and everything will mean a lot more. Everything will mean a lot more to us. Yeah. If you're doing it all the time, is, is there a chance, Abby, do you, do you think maybe... There's a there's a touch of complacency can sometimes come in. I'm not accusing you of anything, but if you're winning all the time, then it kind of gets to the point where you just go, well, you know, we'll win today. Yeah, definitely. I think we've seen that um, throughout this competition, really. Um, it kind of loses the value. Um, and I think we have struggled in terms of, I think we'll lose already touched on it, kind of almost drop into their level and not playing kind of the way we want to or should be playing. Um, and yeah, it's obviously brilliant to win and you, you'll take every win. Um, but there's been games where kind of, um, haven't come, where we haven't come away with a win, but because the performance was so good and it was a really competitive game. I think like the, the Cambridge game, um, that we played, um, we lost, but it felt like we won because the performance was so good. Um, and we did obviously it wasn't good enough to win. So I'm not saying it's, but in the sense that the, we were pleased with the performance and we were happy in that sense. So like I say, when you kind of have got these games where it isn't as competitive as you kind of, it should be, um, or you want it to be is it's, Oh yeah, we've got the win. And it, it kind of shows even in kind of like the, when we're kind of celebrating after the game and things like that, it's just, um, and even like celebrating goals and things like that, I think we've all we've said all, all along, we don't really celebrate our goals. Um, and sometimes when you kind of got games like that, it's like, oh, we've scored. It's, it's kind of like you say, it's almost easy. Um, but when there's there's been games and we have had our challenges, like the game against Thrapston, um, and we had to come back in that game um, and we had to kind of dig deep um, and we got the win. Um, like we made it a lot harder for ourselves than we should have, but kind of we celebrated the, those goals because it, it meant something um and yeah so it, it is one of those but um like Lou's touched on that that's that's what it is that's what it's like and I guess yeah in terms of complacency it's that, that's just how it is at the moment we, we can't get complacent like like today's shown 
kind of Chesterfield did they stepped up um, and they got the win today so had we potentially had a different run of games or had some kind of more challenging opposition I don't know in kind of some of our previous games it, it might be different you, you don't know that but yeah it, it's a difficult one but as I say like we said a win's a win um, and, and we'll take it. Yeah, we did ask our our patrons if they had any questions uh, for you guys uh, in the build up to this. Um, Lou, probably this one's for you, but this came from Dan Darwood, and you spoke a little bit about this before. But he asked, "How integrated is the women's team within the club?" And also, what do you think could be done to make that better? We don't want to. Well, I, I'm very much speaking for myself here. I don't want to just be given stuff from the club because we're the women's side, you know. Like I don't, of course we want equality, et cetera, but we want to earn it and we want to be, we want the club to go, you know what, we're going to support this because this is going somewhere. This is, this is a really good thing. This is good. We want to get behind it. So how integrated is it? It's very difficult to say because you, you do have to remind yourself sometimes how much can they do? Financially, it's not a huge club as it is. So we, we can't expect too much from that. And look, the finances it takes to run us is very small, but facilities is a difficult one again, because we don't really have any. Whereas Posh play at their training grounds, we don't have one. They promote us on social media. They just had the kit launch recently and your own Abby Bruin was involved in the kit launch in terms of the new kit with a couple of other players in there as well. So there is little things they do and we've missed out on a lot of it. For instance, the end of season awards, that didn't happen last year. We'd normally be there. The first time we took over, Keith, Keith Gold did take a training session for us and at the stadium. We do normally play at the stadium a couple of times, but that's been difficult with the first team training on it, a really condensed fixture schedule sort of thing. They support us and that's what we want. So what they're doing at the moment is enough and we're really thankful for that, you know, and we are, and especially me and Josh, are always the type of people to push and push and ask for more. It hasn't been the time for that with COVID, but when things settle down, we're hoping more will be done. All we really want is just to feel supported and we do feel supported and especially from the fan base with people like yourself, it's huge for us. I think that is one of the things, isn't it, Danny, that that we do see the football club retweeting, showing support for the women's side. A lot more so than than some other clubs that you could, you know, bigger clubs. I mean, obviously in the news in the last couple of weeks, Casey Stoney leaving Man United. I don't know whether this is fact, but one thing that I read was that that was over a lack of training facility or or lack of promises being kept regarding training facilities. That isn't something that can be levelled at at Northampton because it's not a case of them ever necessarily promising those things. But what they are doing, as Lou says, is being supportive. And I think that is really good. And it, it shows when you're sort of seeing it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, look at um, look at Liverpool as well. I'd rather not. Thanks. <laughs> the the, the, um, the gap between like the season they won the league, that their women's team was completely underfunded. There was playing at all sorts of places, mm-hmm. didn't have their own kind of base as such, and um, and were relegated from the top league. It just, just didn't feel right for that to happen. Um, once the men's team was doing so well, I'm not sure if it's a case of if we start to do well, we can then fund the women's team more or like do more to to integrate it more. I don't know if that's the, that's how it works. 
Well, look, guys, thanks very much um, for, for coming on and, and chatting with us. Um, it's been great having you here. Um, if you do want to get involved more with um, NTFC Women, then there are uh, a few ways you can do so. Obviously, the easiest way is to go onto Twitter and just search at NTFC Women uh, and then follow them. And they will see all of the tweets that go out, all of the, the, the results and fixtures that are coming up, they're all there. Um, do the same on Facebook. Just search for Northampton Town Women. Um, or you can contact uh, Sophie Mullet, which is sophie.mullet, M-U-L-L-E-T-T at ntfc.co.uk um, to actually go and have a chat about how you can get involved. And and one of the things that I would just really like to say just at the end of the pod here is just say how much we've actually enjoyed being involved. Uh, you know, we sponsor Abbey and it's not that we do an awful lot, but it's just been nice to have been able to have been involved in that, that little way so that Abbey can, can carry on playing football for Northampton Town. The team can carry on playing. It is a really good thing to do. And if you can't go and do something that is for the first team, because that's like massively out of the, you know, your your ability, then doing something like supporting the women's side, I, I think is is brilliant. So um, if you do want to do that, then then just get in contact because they're really, really helpful. Kim, she helped loads and I'm sure Sophie will be just as helpful in doing that as well. So thanks very much for listening. Thanks guys for, for being on, Lou and Abby. It's been a pleasure as always. Danny, thank you for being here and bringing your knowledge of questioning to the table. It's been great. We'll be back soon. Thanks very much for listening. Goodbye. Way, there's the cup. There's the pictures you'll see on tomorrow's back pages. The Cobblers are going through into Division 1. Bring them on because we deserve it. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with Fan Hub to put fans first. Search Fan Hub app to play your part in the journey. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.